Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Oh, welcome in. Another episode of BJN Radio, episode 78, actually, of BJN Radio, presented by our friends over at DoorDash. Come on, where's my ding dong? There we go. Uh, promo code BJNPODDD gets first time users of the app 25% off and no delivery fees. Coomzy. Back-to-back series wins. The Jays go four and two on the homestand, yet I am not very confident in this baseball team. No, we wanted them to win six games in a row here. They played the Seattle Mariners and the Cincinnati Reds, neither of which are particularly good opponents. The Reds now, after the win on Sunday, have a 12 and 28 record. That's terrible. And, you you know, you take two or three, you're like, ah, you know, you should be happy, but the Jays went and scored a grand total of seven runs over the three games with the Reds. And that's not exactly what you like to see. We hoped that this homestand in general was going to be the thing that woke the bats up maybe some weak pitching, some mediocre opponents got things going, but that hasn't been the case. And now we sit here and wonder, will they ever wake up? Maybe they won't. Maybe they stay asleep for the whole year. Well, I just, I refuse to believe that as a possibility, but let's get into three up, three down. And we're starting with the downs, even though they won two of three. I mean, go up and down this lineup. Vladdy had a bad series in the first game. Oh, for four in the second game. Oh, for four in the third game. Guess what? Oh, for three. He drew a walk. Okay, so he got on base once in a three-game series against the freaking Cincinnati Reds. Teoscar Hernandez, I mean, that's a guy who comes up to bat in the eighth inning of this finale when they're down 3-2, and the broadcast even made note of it. Like, if there's ever a time for Teoscar to turn it around and get a big hit, can one of these guys who's, you know, done it time and time again over the last two seasons come up with a clutch, clutch hit for this team? And he couldn't get it done at any point in this series. Teoscar now batting 159. This year, this guy was an all-star last year. Um, those two are the first two downs, in my opinion. But you could pick anyone from this lineup and put them in this category. Yeah, Matt Chapman, same thing. Bases loaded, comes up, strikeout. I mean, he did drive in one of their two runs. So I guess you don't want to make him full on just a negative. But that's another 193 batting average, 638 on base plus slugging. It's early, technically. It's, you know, the middle of May. But you'd think by now the rust would have kind of worn off. You'd think a guy, you can understand with Oscar. He had an oblique injury. He's, he was, a, he was off for a while. It's probably not a hundred percent. But with Chapman, you, you, you've been here the whole year. Same with Vladdy. Like yeah. they just really haven't gotten their timing down set. And I'm not sure if we can sit here and say, Oh, it's because spring training was five days shorter than usual. Is that really the case? Like, you know, reality is, is, you know, they're getting pitched harder this year than last year and they haven't adjusted yet. And like you said, like they're, 
I think we both refuse to believe that the offense is this bad. There's just no way. Like there's a chance that this is like the 2016 team and it's a bit of a hangover offensively from 2015. Maybe we don't see the same bats we did in 2021. And maybe this is a team that relies more on its pitching. But even then the 2016 team had an above average offense. They were, you know, I think they ranked like 10th or ninth or something in the league and run scored that season. And this year's Jays team is nowhere near that. I don't think they're going to be this bad forever, but it's, 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 it's soul sucking stuff to watch. Like, I think if you had a choice, would you rather watch what we had this time last year, which is big bats and pitchers just fucking it up? Or would you rather watch this where the starting pitching is almost consistently always good, but there's, you never feel like they're going to score a run. It always feels impossible. Like what, what do you find is a more pleasant viewing experience? Well, I watching the young talented bats do their thing is the more enjoyable of those two experiences. It's more enjoyable, but it's not any less frustrating in a weird way because last year we were sitting here being like, God, this team's so talented. The front office just didn't get them bullpen arms like blah, blah, blah. And now we're sitting here and it's just maybe it is more frustrating because the bullpen's holding up. The starting pitching has been good. And like even a guy like Vladdy, I'll go back to this. He came into this series where he didn't get a hit. He was on what? 15 game hitting streak. In one of those games, he had multi hits. It was the second game of that streak against the Yankees. And in one of those games, he had an extra base hit. Sorry, two of them. He had the dinger in Cleveland, too. And against New York, he had a couple doubles. So in that 15 game hitting streak, he had multi hits once. He had one dinger. The rest of them, there were just singles. Like as good as it is that Vladdy's, you know, getting on base and you look at his average and you're like, okay, 262, respectable, whatever. That's not Vladdy numbers. And it's a cold streak, maybe, if you want to call it that, which is insane to say because he just had a 15-game hitting streak. So calling it a cold streak sounds like weird to me, but it is. And it goes throughout the lineup. Like, they got to get hitting. And it's all three downs for us in this series because the bottom line is you roll into a series against the Reds where you score a grand total of seven runs in three games. Yeah, you won two of them. Awesome. Thumbs up. Yep, great. But come on. You needed to score seven in the first game. You could have, well, you should have, is what I mean. Yeah, that's what we were hoping for. We're hoping for a big explosion. And one thing I've been seeing now with Vladdy on this cold streak is I'm seeing people analyze the launch angle again. Oh, no. And I would rather give myself a lobotomy <laughs> than think about launch angle and Vladdy putting the ball into the ground. That was, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it's inaccurate or anybody's wrong. I, of course, it's, this is, you know, I, I get it, but that was just the worst thing to talk about when he was scuffling back a few years ago. And if we have to do this again for a few weeks, Oh man, like I do not want to do that. It's just the most unpleasant conversation to have. Ooh, if he could uh, get his swing up just a couple of degrees, then we'd be seeing these balls on the ground go into the gap in the outfield. He hit a double. I just, I hated that conversation. I hated it so much. So I really hope that he snaps out of this little skid soon. Even a guy like Gurriel, I mean, he didn't play in the series finale. He only played once in that series and he batted eighth, went one for three, struck out. Come on. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's gotta be it or everyone. It's everyone. And maybe that means when they snap out of this thing, it's everyone snapping out of it at once, but it's just, it's gotta get better. You'd think, you'd think that we're not going to see like Matt Chapman put up a 650 OPS for the entirety of the season, but hey, yeah. you never know. It'll, it'll, it'll come around eventually. It sucks saying that, but it will. Teoscar Hernandez's OPS is 502. Like, what? 
I don't think that's going to continue. It, it just I, can't, I, I, right? Like, I mean, you've watched no. this sport long enough. I've followed the Blue Jays long enough. Like, that's not how baseball works. Like, no. if Teoscar Hernandez ends this season with an OPS below, like, 699, I, I just can't see how that can happen. Like, he's going to go on a run where for a month he's at 1,000 plus because we know that's what Teoscar Hernandez can do. So maybe I'm just being, or I'm trying to be overly optimistic. I don't know. But it's just just mind-numbing that again after a series against the freaking Cincinnati Reds we're sitting here being like ah bats still haven't woken up like just well but the the Reds didn't have any of my predicted killers kill them because Brandon Drury's unvaccinated (laughs) Brandon Drury's an anti-vaxxer and he couldn't cross the border so I thought he was going to put up three bombs in the series didn't so that's nice um Jeff Hoffman I think made a relief appearance but who cares um (laughs) and um Connor Overton was supposed to start the third game and didn't and that was my prediction that he was going to throw a no hitter so that didn't come into fruition either so all, all all in all I think this series coming into it, if you were really negative and you really thought the Jays were dog shit, you can look at Cincinnati and their random Jays killers and the fact that they're terrible and have heated up over the past week as well. They could run in to Toronto and take two of three, but they didn't. Yeah. They only won one. The Jays beat them twice. So maybe we should be a little more positive. But at the end of the day, the Jays are still nowhere near their best. And they're, what are they now? 22 and 19. Yeah. It's not good. It's not exciting. You know, they're they're very far now behind the Yankees in the American League East. It's kind of disappointing, but you're this bad and still doing okay. You know, there's some positives that can be drawn from that. So Look, uh, I, I'll throw this your way. You talked about who could have been the Jays killers, who was the Jay killer in the final game was Joey Votto with the solo bomb. He ends up going one for three with a walk as well. Uh, is that a like a great moment? Potentially his last at bat in Toronto. You know, I would have liked for the Jays to be up 6-2 when he hits that bomb, and then it really would have been a feel-good yeah. moment. Uh, Votto hitting that bomb, is that an up or a down from this series? I don't know. I put <clears throat> I wrote that in the notes as an up. I said, do we put the Votto home run here kind of cool moment? Um, I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. I see a lot of people being like, wow, like, he really said with that home run, this is my city. And it's like, well, did he? Did he? I, I don't I don't really feel it. I I I I quite like Joey Votto. He's a he's a good player, interesting personality, interesting guy, Canadian baseball player. You love to see that, but I don't associate him with Toronto. I just don't. He you know he played for the Reds his whole career. He lives there. And I the associate him with California. Yes. Sorry, I associate him with Cincinnati. Yeah, exactly. That's where he played his whole career. It's not like you know this is a guy that spent half his career in Toronto and then went somewhere else. No, this is a guy that's been in Cincinnati the whole time. He doesn't live in Toronto in the offseason. He's not. <laughs> well, I mean, why would you? But you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. That kind of thing doesn't really make my dick move. I don't really care that much. I guess I'm. I don't have too much of a hard on for the the Canadian baseball thing. It doesn't really get me too excited. I like Joey Votto. Like I I do kind of, I like seeing Canadian players go and succeed because I think it's good for the sport in this country. Um, The last thing I'll say, maybe it's not Joey Votto's last at bat in Toronto. Maybe they get him at the deadline. Sure. Yeah. Maybe they they acquired Joey Votto at the deadline. That'd be sexy. That would be cool. That that would be like, wow, they've acquired Joey Votto. He's from here. He's finally home. That's sick. But I'm just, I'm just not really interested in, it was the same thing when James Paxton threw a no hitter. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I didn't enjoy watching it. I really didn't. I didn't have fun watching the Jays get no hit. I'm happy for him. I like the guy. I think he's a good ball player. I like seeing Canadians do well, but I would rather see the Jays do well and win than random individual Canadians on different teams. That, that's where I stand on this. And I actually, I think that's a fair take. I mean, like, yeah, I watched it. And I was like, Oh, 
of course, like Votto has that moment. Like, yeah, it's cool mm-hmm. for him. But like, I would have rather seen Vladdy hit a home run today and the Jays win. Yes. Three instead of losing three Absolutely. Days. I would have much rather have seen Joey Votto strike, strike out on three pitches and let it bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Okay, let's get into the ups and we'll go back to game one where the Jays won the game two to one. It was a tight ball game. Um, As much as I want to give this up to Bradley Zimmer for going two for three in this ball game and getting his batting average back over a back over 100. Uh, You said he should never play again. Yeah. um, Well, and I mean, er listen. So I was watching the game with some buddies and he had a play earlier in the game where he read he like ran the wrong way after the ball. Like it was hit to his right side and he broke to his left then had to like turn around and then he dove, missed it by like six feet and it bounced over the fence for a ground rule double. And I was like sitting with my buddies and I was like, this guy needs to be shot into the sun. Like I never want to see him step on the field again as a blue Jay. Then of course he goes two for three has like a double. It's like, okay, he's hitting better than Vladdy right now. Maybe I should shut my mouth. Um, but anyways, Hunjin Ryu goes six innings strong, allows six hits but he doesn't give up a single earned run. And now in his last two starts, he's only given up one earned run in 10 and two thirds innings. Uh, this is since coming back from injury as well. It's only two starts since returning from injury. Uh, it looks like he's maybe starting to round into form here. I think we definitely, and I'll criticize myself for this too. I think a lot of us wrote off Hinjin Ryu way too quickly. I mean, like to be fair to us, he had a pretty bad stretch last year for a long period of time. And that stretch did start after the sticky stuff cracked down. So whenever that kind of struggle starts, you wonder, okay, was this guy doing well because of the sticky stuff? How much did it affect him? Will he be able to bounce back? Maybe he doesn't. Hinjin Ryu, the other thing with him, very injury prone, uh, light tosser. So if he loses any velocity, he's kind of fucked. But that's one guy who with the short spring training is going to get really hit. He definitely wasn't in his groove when he started the year. And then putting him on the injured reserve, was he actually injured? Who knows? Left arm shittiness kind of situation. And it seemed they did the right thing. They 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 took their time, let Ryu kind of get it together. He's come back. He looks quite good. I mean, I'm not as impressed with the six innings against Cincinnati who are, you know, they're a terrible yeah. team offensively. I'm still more impressed by the results against Tampa a good team, a team that's hit him really hard in the past too. But just like these two starts together really kind of make us, make us all realize like we shouldn't write off a pitcher who has been as good in the past for as long as Ryu as quickly as we did. And And maybe he's not an ace, but he's still an effective major league pitcher. And you need those guys, right? Like when you have Barrios, Gosman, Manoa, if you can have Ryu come out, and only give up a run every second start, you're going to be living pretty good. Um, and even though like the stat line says six hits, I know he only struck out three, but there was a couple of those hits that I thought were very makeable plays. The Bradley Zimmerborn being one of them. Um, so again, that stat line, maybe six strong scattered six hits. I feel like that's almost not kind enough to how well I thought he pitched in the series opener. Uh, the second up we have, let's stick with the rotation game two, Alec Manoa strong eight innings, maybe not his strongest eight innings. Cause he did give up some contact. There were seven hits scattered around only struck out four, which is low for what we usually see from Manoa, but he had only given up one earned run through eight innings and he was only at 83 pitches. He was good. Charlie decides to yank him and Manoa didn't look all too thrilled about that decision either. What did you think of the move to not let Manoa try close this thing out? In the moment, I was pretty pissed off too. I was like, I really like to see Alec Manoa have the chance to do his complete game. He's never done it in his career. Yep. I don't think he's ever pitched in the ninth inning of his career. I think his longest outing was eight innings. And they pulled him before the ninth and that one. I think it was against the Rays. 
And yeah, it seemed like, look, this guy's thriving. It was 83 um, pitches. Yeah, he was doing really well. We said the same thing with Gosman too. And that started in Boston. Like, let him go out. Why have such a quick hook? Like Romano's already pitched so much. I know. And, you know, his arm's going to fall off if we keep doing this. But also, to be fair, like, look at who came up. It was Tommy Pham, Joey Votto, and Tyler Stevenson. And they would have been seeing him for, what, a fifth time at that point or a fourth time? Yeah, it would have been fourth or fifth time seeing him, I think. Yeah, so what would people have said if, you know, Joey Votto drew a walk and Tyler Stevenson hit a bomb? You know, everybody would have been pissed. It's like, ah, fuck, like, you can't let these guys face him for the fourth time. That's just, that's just... You know, no one does that in this day and age. It just doesn't really happen. So whatever. But it was also kind of like, you know, <laughs> they burned Romano in that situation. And if on Sunday the game were tied and they couldn't use Romano or if they were ahead and couldn't use Romano, people would be pretty pissed. But I think you have to manage for today. And Charlie managed on Saturday for Saturday. Use Romano, lock down the win. It is what it is. You're making a bit of a gamble, allowing Manoa to go through the meat of the order. I don't know. Like there's arguments to be made on both sides. I don't think it's the end of the world. I thought him getting worked up about it was fine. He's competitive. Oh, yeah. It seemed like they were cool after too. It doesn't seem like a problem whatsoever. So it's just one of those things that happens. Not the end of the world. Oh yeah. Like I didn't read into it all kind of the way if there weren't a thousand cameras on the dugout at all times, like, you know, that's no issue. I don't think like Manoa came in today and like cold shouldered Charlie and like there's beef. Like, I don't think he really gives a shit. I think it's one of those things where in the moment you're fired up, you're heated, you leave the game, you get a good night's sleep, you wake up the next morning, you go, hey, I went eight strong. Yeah, I didn't get to go to the ninth, but we won the ball game, right? And they won. Yeah. Like if they would have thrown in Romano and he would have given up two jacks and it's game over or some shit like that and they lost, then I would have probably sat here and been like, whatever. But you give credit to a manager when the move they make pays off and bringing in Romano paid off. They won. End of story. They won. Mm -hmm. Um, One bat was going. And when I say I don't mean that as in like one bat was going better than the others. One bat was going in this entire series. And that was Bo Bichette. Uh, Game two of the series, two bombs. The second one, just an absolute absolute bomb um and then in the third game even he finds a way to drive in a run even though he didn't get a hit he drove in the run one of their only one of their two runs in that game but uh Bo Bichette, that was uh he stole him that one in the second game like i know manoa was great but that's a one nothing loss if Bo Bichette doesn't hit two home runs yeah it is it's nice to see somebody heating up i think um, I'm just loading my thing here since the beginning of May. So it's not a completely arbitrary random period of time. Since the beginning of May, Bo's yeah. got a 296 batting average and a 900 OPS. So that's more than fine. That's, that's yeah. great. That's fantastic. And his OPS in the season is up now to six, seven, seven. It's kind of funny to say it's up to fucking six, seven, seven, but here we are. And that's it's moving in the right here. direction. It is. It's moving up. And that's what you like to see. Um, still the one thing about <laughs> Bo, though, is there's just there's the approach, even in the good game, wasn't exactly what you'd like to see. It's still, you know, just swinging through pitches that aren't really near the zone. It doesn't really seem to be picking up on a ball when it breaks. It just seems like no matter what is coming, it's going to be swung at. And it's nice to see that he's making contact with these things, but it's still not the ideal process you'd like to see. It'd be really nice to see Bo just, this is kind of what he looked like in September last year. He was a lot more patient. Yeah. He, you know, it was calmer at bats and it just, that, that doesn't seem to be the case still. And I mean, look, this is an app. We're trying to be positive, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. He's done a 900 OPS in the past, you know, three weeks, but still doesn't look remotely patient at the plate. So 
<laughs> whatever, I guess if it's working, it's working. That's great. But I guess we shall see. Hopefully he can keep it rolling and hopefully it rubs off on a few of his teammates here. Uh, that's going to do it for three up, three down. Let's take a look ahead, courtesy of our friends at points bet Canada. If you're a blue Jays better then yes, they won two or three, but they only covered the run line once, which means it was not a great weekend to be betting on the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm also in a terrible wormhole of believing Vladdy will bounce out of his slump, and I've been betting on him over one and a half bases for the last six games. Not as going well, Coomzee. As soon as you stop, he's going to go nuclear and hit three dingers in the game. Okay, I'm telling you right now. So don't bet on him. I've lost it six days in a row. Granted, the Jays won a few of those, so I had a couple break-even days, which is easy on the old account balance. Um, but I will not be wagering on it tomorrow as they begin a two-game set against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, the danger with not taking care of business against the bad teams is when your schedule gets tough, there's a little bit more pressure. You don't have uh, that sort of wiggle room, and the Cardinals are 23-18. and 18. They're plus 145 in the run differential. That's the second best run differential in the National League. That plus 45 would also have them fourth in the American League as well. This team can play good baseball. You know, they're 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 going to be fighting for a playoff spot, I would say. Um, yeah, I didn't want to say they have a playoff spot or they're looking like a playoff team because it's a long season and the NL looks like it could be close for those new kind of final couple of spots. Um, but this Cardinals team is good and you're going into St. Louis. Now the homestand is over and then you go Angels, White Sox after and twins after that schedule's getting tough here. Jay's got to get going. They do. I mean, St. Louis, they're a pretty good team. You're going to go up against Miles Michaelis, who through the course of eight starts has a 1.68 ERA and has only allowed two home runs in 48 innings. Two home runs. So that's who's going in the first game against Barrios. And then I think in the second game, it'll be Gosman for the Jays. But I think the pitcher going for St. Louis will be Steven Matz. Because the last time Miles Michaelis started, it was a doubleheader and Matz started the other game. So that makes sense. Uh, Matt's has not been quite so good. He's been 6.03 ERA, uh, but his peripherals are quite a bit better. He's striking out 10.6 guys per nine, walking 1.8 per nine. Those are better peripherals than he had last year when he's pitching for the Jays. So, I mean, <laughs> let's be real here. Steven Matz goes and faces his former club. That's a prime opportunity for him to toss a gem. So this isn't going to be easy pitching for the Jays, though they do have two other better guys going. Yep. Barrios and Gosman. You think that just in the event of having Gosman pitch in a series, you're more than likely to win a game though. He did lose his last start. So yeah. you're hoping for a split here. I think, I guess yeah. you're, you're hoping to get one of these two. Uh, for me, the things I'm watching in this series, one is going to be, can Barrios keep building up some positive momentum here? This is a guy who you'd love to see them continue to be able to get good starts from, and then roll them into great starts and electric starts and stuff that you would expect from a guy who started on opening day for them and who was supposed to be one of the three aces on this staff. So I'll definitely be watching that. And obviously pressure on the bats, right? Like we need Vladdy to get going here. That's the guy I'm going to be watching closest because they got to start hitting. Oh, and there's also um, the St. Louis Cardinals employ a Canadian guy, Tyler O'Neill. Ah. So we're all rooting for him to go eight for 12 with four home runs. We are absolutely not. Uh, Coombsy, no, <laughs> quick episode of the pod today because it's a Sunday. And I mean, they took two or three from the Reds. That's about as uneventful of a series as you can get. And uh, we'll be back on like Tuesday or Wednesday now with another edition of the pod because it's a quick two gamer against St. Louis. So enjoy your long weekend. Let the bevies flow. Shout out to our friends at DoorDash, Points by Canada and Twig and Berries. Coombsy, we will chat next week. Best wishes. 
Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.